The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Payoff Pitch Action Network's go-to MLB betting podcast. It's Tuesday, August 16th. We've got a full slate of baseball. I'm Colin Whitchurch, Senior Editor at Action Network, joined by Sean Zarillo, Senior Writer at Action Network. We're going to go through all of our favorite bets from tonight's MLB slate. Got a lot of action, as I mentioned, 15 games, full slate. We're going to fade the public. We're going to look at what side the public is on using the Action Network app. We're going to talk about our favorite underdogs of the day. Obviously, Sean and I always love underdogs. Which one is our favorite today? We've got a fun topic to talk about today as well with White Sox Astros today. Justin Verlander against Dylan Cease, the top two AL Cy Young candidates in the American League. So we're going to talk a little bit of futures as well as dive into that White Sox Astros game. And then at the end, as always, we will roll through just some of our final favorite bets of the day. But as always, we will start with our best bets. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. I will throw it to you first, Sean, your favorite bet from tonight in Major League Baseball. The Miami Marlins first five inning money line. I believe it's the first game of the night. I like that down to plus 110 for the first five innings. You can also bet their full game line to plus 126, but it is a larger bet for me in the first five innings. Miami's bullpen tends to blow every close game situation late for them. So definitely double my bet first five innings as opposed to full game. But Edward Cabrera has the lead stuff. Talked about this last time he started. His issue is command. And he had a high walk rate last year, still has a high walk rate this year. But you look at his improvement in AAA in the high minors year over year. He shaved 5% off of his walk rate in his limited major league sample this season. He's increased his first pitch strike rate by 5%. His called strike plus whiff rate 
is also up by 5%. It's actually over 31%. And if he qualified, that would make him a top 15 to 20 starting pitcher in baseball by that metric. On the other side of the matchup, Sean Manaya has really struggled of late. 6.5 ERA over his past 10 starts. Expected FIP is 4.3. He's gotten a bit unlucky. Strand rate 62%, batting average on balls in play, 350 over that span. Those would be closer normally, league average to 72% and 300. That said, I've watched each of those starts for Manaya. I've watched all of his starts basically this year. He's on a fantasy team of mine. He's a guy I generally like. There's something off with him. Guy who dealt with injuries in the past came back from Tommy John. I can't really find anything in his underlying data that says there's something off here. Velocity not down. Pitch mix hasn't changed. Not giving up like obscenely obscene number of hard hit balls or barrels or anything like that. But when I see a pitcher struggling like this and I can't find any other underlying data point to suggest why they're struggling, it does tip my mind that they may be dealing with a hidden injury. And considering he's a guy who's dealt with arm injuries in the past, it's definitely reason for me to be concerned about Manaya. So regardless of whether he's injured or not, regardless of whether he's taken a performance dip, I actually gave him a very optimistic projection for tonight considering how bad the Marlins have been offensively and how bad they are against lefties as opposed to righties. But even using a most optimistic projection for Manaya, I still like the value on the Marlins here at home, particularly for the first five innings, again, to plus 110, but also a smaller bet as well for the full game down to plus 126. Yeah, the Marlins last night held on for our boy Sandy Alcantara, who was, who was an underdog last night, kind of surprisingly. And they, they they hung on for the win last night. It was it was a sweat toward the end, as you mentioned, those bullpen problems. The fact they were able to scratch across a few runs early was nice. Maybe they'll do the same tonight. It's never easy, though. They, they got the tying run to the plate in the ninth inning. They never make it easy. Yes, indeed. My best bet today, I'm going to Rockies Cardinals. Anytime the Cardinals are facing a left-handed starter, kind of pops off the page to me, and again, Indeed, the Cardinals' best offense in baseball against lefties, 125 weighted runs created. Plus, I believe they're tied with the Yankees now in that department for best offense in baseball. The Rockies are better against lefties than they are righties. They have a 103 weighted runs created plus against lefties. It only ranks 17th in the majors, but that compares to when they face right-handed pitching. It's 92, which is 26th in baseball. And this is a lefty-lefty matchup today. Kyle Freeland against Jose Quintana. Freeland has a 484 ERA. 4.93 XCRA. His ground ball rate's only 42%. Allows a lot of balls in the air. I think guys like Goldschmidt, guys like Arenado are going to have have a day teeing off on Freeland. On the other side, Quintana. Obviously, Quintana's been really good this year. Um, was a solid trade deadline acquisition for the Cardinals. However, his two best secondary pitches are his curveball and his changeup. And those are the two pitches in any arsenal that the Rockies destroy. They have a combined 40.4 run value against those two pitches. They're minus against the fastball, and Quintana will go to his fastball a decent amount. Obviously, most pitchers, their primary pitches, their fastball. But the secondaries that he's going to go to most often are the curveball and changeup. Rockies crush curveballs and changeups. So I'm going with an overplay here. Over seven for the full game at minus 110. Also, there's a couple options you can use for the first five over, which I like as well. If you want to play it safe, you can play over four juice to minus 125 the other option out there is over four and a half which you can get at plus money at plus 126 i'll probably stay away from that but i love the over four 
for the first five and the over seven for the full game. Moving on, we're going to fade the public today. And it's kind of an interesting day for fade the public. Generally, in this category, it's reserved for the Dodgers or the Yankees, one of the best teams in baseball that the public is predictably all over. That is not the case today because the public loves to bet against Patrick Corbin. Yes, that's right. We have 85% of the bets and 99% of the money using the Action Network app to track on the Cubs, the 47 and 67 Cubs against the Nationals and Patrick Corbin. Zerillo, where are you going with this one? Yeah, I'm riding with the public, but just for the first five innings with Justin Steele going against Patrick Corbin, Steele's expected indicators this year around 3.6. In terms of an ERA, Corbin's expected ERA is 6.12 was in the mid to high fives last year. His expected FIP Sierra closer to four based on strikeout and walk numbers, but he has had a major, major home run issue since the year the Nats won the World Series, and he took a precipitous decline, allowing about 1.5 per nine innings. The reason why I like the Cubs in the first five, not the full game, is because this matchup does get a bit closer to the bullpens. You saw the Cubs bullpen blow it last night. They traded away Efros, David Robertson, and Michael Givens at the trade deadline, kept their offensive pieces They were a top five to eight bullpen before the trade deadline since they ranked 26th in strikeout minus walk rates. They've really struggled since getting rid of their top end relievers. Don't see any value on the Nationals for the full game. Typically, we get to the section. I say I like the first five favorite full game underdog projected the full game line for the Nationals at plus 145. The last thing I will mention, Patrick Corbin, a guy I love to bet against. You know, the meme with the two tough dragons and the one silly dragon. Well, I made one with. Three silly dragons. That is Patrick Corbin, Yusei Kikuchi, and Madison Bumgarner all hanging out (laughs) together. So three of my favorite pitchers to fade. Patrick Corbin right at the top of that list. I hope Kikuchi keeps getting starts. I hope Corbin keeps getting starts. And I think Corbin has a real shot at losing 20 games this season. Yeah, 7.02 ERA in mid-August. And, you know, the Nationals are going to keep throwing him out there because they're paying him. And who else are they going to put out there? I think this is the first time all season we can go back in the tapes and check that the first time all season that Sean and I are both siding with the public because I'm with the public as well tonight. The Cubs steal, as you mentioned, his three, six, three ERA is right in line with his expected indicators. The other thing that surprised me about him is he's allowing a three twenty three batting average on balls in play. So he he's getting somewhat unlucky, but he's still performing well. He's He's keeping the ball on the ground, ground ball rate of 50 percent. Corbin, as you mentioned, 110 innings with a 7.02 ERA. He's allowing a 3.84 Babbitt. But the thing about Corbin and the thing about a lot of pitchers putting up stats like this at this point in the season is at some point this is who you are. Even if the expected stats say you're getting a little bit unlucky, there's just it's just who you are. Maybe you're going to be unlucky for the whole season. And even if he is unlucky, his expected indicators are still worse than Steele's full season line, his expected indicators, whatever. So there's just no reason to bet on Corbin. There's plenty of reason to bet on the Cubs. I'm going to be on both their full game and their first five. I might even take a look at the run line for a small bet just just to, to juice things up a little bit. But yeah, I love the public. I'm siding with the public today. So is Sean. It's a, it's a square day here on payoff pitch. Corbin also two of his past three starts has not made it out of the first inning. Like it's, it's getting worse. Yeah. It's uh put him out to pasture. You know, I, I almost feel, I feel bad for the guy at this point. I mean, as, as much as you can feel bad for a guy making $25 million a year or whatever, 
but it's just he goes out there and and he's got absolutely nothing left. Give me a Patrick Corbin versus you say Kikuchi start in a London game where we get Ooh. a total of uh, 21 and a half. <laughs> All right. Well, we're both on favorites and fade the public. So let's move on and give the listeners some underdogs, our favorite underdog bets of the day. Where's my dog? Sean, I will let you go first. Yeah, consider this is my favorite bet of the day. I just like that Marlins first five edge a little bit more than either half for the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I do like the Pirates quite a bit. Bump both of these bets a bit higher than I normally would in either half. Mitch Keller is a guy I've been betting on very consistently over the past few months. He made a start on May 31st against the Dodgers and broke out a sinker for the first time, and that has become a big, big part of his arsenal since and has helped kind of tie the room together, so to speak, in terms of his pitch mix. 13 starts over that span, 3.3 ERA, 3.76 expected FIP, 51% ground ball rate, which is up 10% year over year. So he's shaved almost a run, a run and a half off of his expected indicators relative to what he was doing previously. Better pitcher than Nick Pavetta is how I would project him right now. Pavetta's expected indicators between 4-2 and 4-5. Keller probably in the lower fours, if not the higher three. So I like the Pirates here down to plus 108 for the first five innings, plus 111 for the full game at home against Boston. I've been betting on Pittsburgh a lot. They tend to break my heart a lot, particularly in that third game of the series against the Giants where they had a lead, dropped the pop-up, had the lead again, gave up and walk off arm runs. The Pirates can be very frustrating to bet, but I think Mitch Keller is a very good arm to bet on right now, who is finally 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 in the midst of a breakout is mitch keller finally good the greatest question in internet history people have been asking for four years now but i think you're right i'm going with another square play for my underdog of the day how can you go with a square play for an underdog of the day well the dodgers are underdogs today doesn't happen very often in fact this is the third time this season they've been underdogs first time may 21st against the phillies mitch white against aaron nola the Dodgers won seven to four. Second time, Mitch White again against Max Freed and the Braves. They lost five to three. The Dodgers one and one as underdogs this year. They're underdogs again tonight because it is Ryan Pepio against Brandon Woodruff. And this is this is about as square of a play as you can get. And it's just me saying, how can you not bet on the Dodgers when they're underdogs? offense against Woodruff for as good as Woodruff has been. Papio's spot starting as a rookie. You know, he's probably a future rotation piece for the Dodgers. They're kind of using him in a similar fashion to how they used Tony Gonsolin a couple of years ago. We saw what he turned into. He's made five starts this year. Hasn't faced a lot of good offenses. Two starts against the Diamondbacks, one against the Pirates, one against the Rockies at home. In his most recent start against the Twins, he got beat up a little bit. But I just trust this Dodgers offense too much. They're on a roll. This is, like I mentioned, one of the squares play. Sometimes I, I, I'm just throwing out the numbers, essentially, and saying the Dodgers are underdogs. I have to bet them. If it comes back to bite me, whatever, we'll, we'll get it in the next day. But as good as Woodruff is and as good as Woodruff can be, I think that Pepio has shown a lot of promise and can shut down a Brewers offense that has been pretty underwhelming of late. Once you get into the late innings, Brewers bullpen without Josh Hader. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Dodgers offense will do its thing. Love the Dodgers as underdogs, plus 110. If you if you see the Dodgers at plus money, you bet it. That's kind of my my methodology here. So I'm on the Dodgers as my underdog of the day. I think this is the definitely a rare occasion. We can get the Cubs and fade the public and we get the Dodgers for favorite underdog. Very weird day in the baseball slate. Let's move on. As I mentioned, we have a topic of the day that we want to discuss. White Sox Astros tonight. Justin Verlander against Dylan Cease. Presently, these are this is pretty much it. It's a two-horse race for AL Cy Young. Justin Verlander currently the favorite at minus 165. Dylan Cease at plus 165. After those two, you got to get all the way down to plus 850 to find Shane McClanahan. So you want to call it a three-horse race, that's fine. McClanahan definitely is in it. And then you get all the way down to plus 3,500 for Otani, plus 4,500 for Alec Manoa. Today's game for the White Sox and Astros with these two pitchers is the Astros are favored, minus 125, White Sox plus 105 with a total as low as you might expect at seven. Zerillo, we get to this point in the season, it's a lot harder to find value in the futures market, but I'm curious your opinion on this race. If there's an AL Cy Young bet you want to make on one of these two, maybe on McClanahan, and then also get your thoughts on tonight's game. I've been banging the drum for Kevin Gaussman for AL Cy Young for quite a while. He's expected to lead all pitchers in wins above replacement. He's expected to lead American League pitchers in wins above replacement, and you can still get him at like 50 to 1. I mean, there's six weeks left. He doesn't have so many starts left, but in terms of the pricing and in terms of where his end-of-season war projections sort of fit in, I think he's been the best value bet on the board the entire season. He's been harmed by his defense. The Jays kind of falling apart a little bit, disappointing me, but terms of this game, in terms of White Sox and Astros, both pitchers have kind of outperformed their underlying metrics this season, both with ERAs underneath two. Verlander's expected ERA 2.9, expected FIP 3.4. Dylan Cease, expected ERA 2.6, expected FIP 3.1. Again, both of them about half of a run to a full run higher for their expected indicators than their actual ERAs. Both have been lucky with both batting average on balls in play and strand rate, especially relative to their career averages. Cease has also been very fortunate with his home run rate. So you have two pitchers who have been phenomenal, but are both due to regress. I actually expected this total at six and a half. Seven, I still like it. Over seven to minus 105. Don't love the first five over as much. Would rather get the bullpens in play late in this game when we may get some variance. Maybe even goes to extras at 3-3 and we end up pushing on seven. 
we're getting it to find its way to go over with the Manfred man. So the over seven here up to minus 105 is my favorite bet on this matchup. No angle from a side perspective. Don't like either in terms of Cy Young betting at this point, even though I do have a preseason future on season. Yeah, Gaussman actually 70 to one at DraftKings. So even even longer than than you said earlier. Just a little um, poke. Just a little poke. Just a little poke. If if I'm gonna take a little poke at the Cy Young race, I'm gonna go with probably someone who is a little higher up on the odds board. If if you're not gonna go with Verlander and Season, obviously if you're betting futures, there's there's no value there. It's probably McClanahan, eight fifty. I just think it's long enough there that he's the one guy who can unseat one of these two guys. I think the Cy Young's probably going to go to Verlander or Cease, but McClanahan is the only one I think who can re- who re- has a realistic shot of kind of blowing through the last month and a half. The other thing about both McClanahan and Cease is that if either the Rays or White Sox get hot down the stretch and it, they help lead their team to the playoffs, make make a couple of big primetime starts in late September, that's only going to help their case from a narrative standpoint. You know, both these teams are in the heat of the playoff race right now. I think the Rays are the third wild card team right now. The White Sox are right outside both wild card and AL Central race. So the narrative aspect of it comes into play as well. And I think that those two guys are definitely the ones to watch. As far as tonight's game, I am 100% right there with you on Cease and Verlander. I think both guys have been screaming for a little bit of regression. And hey, that might help our guys McClanahan and Gaussman as well. Anytime two frontline starters face off and we get a low total, I'm probably going to go contrarian over. And that's exactly what I'm going to do here. I also think that the the bullpens got a little bit taxed last night. We saw the White Sox come from behind late. They used Hendricks for the ninth and he threw quite a few pitches. Don't know if he's going to be available tonight. So love the over seven here. Minus 105 or better is definitely a hammer spot for me. It's, a, it's an exciting matchup, regardless. I don't know how often uh, we've seen the top two Cy Young candidates face off this late in the season. I don't know if we'll get a Sandy Alcantara against Corbin Burns matchup later this year if the Marlins and Brewers play again, but Verlander sees definitely one of the top pitching matchups. We will see the rest of the season. Before we get out of here, as we always do, we're going to go to our final bets of the night, rip through as many games as we can in just a couple minutes. Zerillo, I'll let you go first. Yeah, echoing your Cardinals Rockies over from earlier. I like that bet quite a bit as well. Bush Stadium playing about 3% above the park average today. First five over four to minus 114, the over seven and a half to minus 112. Both teams in their superior split offensively. The Cardinals second against lefties, rank lower against righties. And the Rockies are 17th against lefties versus 26th against righties. So I like the overs there in St. Louis, the Yankees and Rays. I like the unders, the first five under four and a half. You could bet down to four and minus 125 and the full game under seven and a half bet to minus 111. Yankee Stadium should be playing about 3% below the Yankee Stadium park average for today after factoring in wind and weather. The Orioles and the Jays, two bets for me here. The Orioles money line to plus 181 and the first five under five up to minus 120, projected that total closer to four and a half. Dean Kramer has been quietly effective for Baltimore. Alec Manoa has quietly taken a slight step back since the start of July. His expected metrics closer to four, 4.25 in terms of an expected FIP and a strikeout minus walk rate sitting around 13%. So not overly impressive stuff for Manoa of late. The A's and the Rangers, I like J.P. Sears. 
And I like that the A's invested in him. I wish this game was in Oakland as opposed to Texas because Sears is another big-time pop-up guy who gets a lot of weak contact and a lot of free outs, 22% pop-up rate. I'm actually not sure how the foul ground compares in Texas as it does the other parks. I feel like there's not a ton of room there, but I do like the weak contact, the free outs that Sears gets. And going against Kohei Arihara, who had an expected ERA over eight last year, 6.76 FIP, 6.64 ERA. Arihara got absolutely lit up. I think Sears is a guy who is underrated given the weak contact stuff, despite the low strikeout numbers. So like Oakland on the first five money line to minus 112, their full game money line to plus 100. And I also actually took the under eight and a half to minus 107. Just a bit worried that Arihara is going to blow that up, but I projected this total at eight. Could have even made it lower, closer to seven and a half. So like the under there, just from a projection standpoint, not as much from a pure read standpoint. Definitely prefer the Oakland money lines. The Giants and the D-backs played the the unders as well. First five under four to minus 106. The full game under eight to minus 111. Oracle Park should be playing about 2% below league average or below the park average, again, I should say today. Merrill Kelly has been great this year. 315 expected ERA. Jacob Junis has brought his expected stats down dramatically, changed his pitch mix, throwing his slider a ton. His expected stats in Kansas City were closer to five and a half in terms of the ERA prediction. This year, they're closer to four. If not sub four, his ex-fip has been constant year over year around 3.8. So Jacob Junis definitely a pitcher on the improve. And then two more dog money lines. The Tigers money line to plus 183. The Reds money line to plus 155. Pure projection plays. And in that Tigers matchup, I also like the first five over four and a half up to minus 107. Happy to fade both of those starting pitchers. Plesak has been bad. Hill has been bad. Just take the first five over four and a half. All right. I do want to echo a couple of your bets as I as I rip through a couple of mine here before we get out of here. You mentioned Padres Marlins. I'm with you on the Marlins, both full game and first five here. One thing I wanted to add about Edward Cabrera, 88th percentile in fastball velocity. The Padres are 22nd in run value against fastballs this season. So really like Cabrera in that matchup. I'm also with you on Mitch Keller and the Pirates. Is Mitch Keller good now? I think the answer is yes. You mentioned his new sinker that has coincided with a usage drop in his four seamer April and May and going back through previous years, he was using his four seamer about 49% of the time. So about half the time he's throwing his four seamer since he introduced that sinker, he's now throwing his four seamer 23% of the time. That was a big bugaboo, a big problem area for him. And he seems to have figured it out. So I'm going to be betting the pirates, both their full game and their first five. Couple other small notes. Rays Yankees. I'm going to be betting the Rays full game and first five here. Going to continue to fade the Yankees as they continue to fall apart. They've been basically an average team for the past month and a half. Two months. Books have not adjusted. We had the Rays in the plus 200 or more range last night. That was absurd. The Rays won. I like the Rays plus 150, plus 145 range for the full game and the first five tonight. Tigers Guardians, you mentioned the overs. I also like the overs there, and I also like the Tigers. It's a hold-your-nose bet. We talk all the time about when a team is red hot, public starts to jump all over them, books start to overvalue them a little bit. The Guardians are on fire right now. Zach Plesak is someone who I just keep waiting to come back down to earth. He was really good against the Tigers in just his last start, so I think that this is priced up a little bit too much, despite the fact that Garrett Hill is not a good pitcher. It's a hold-your-nose bet. Tigers 
full game and their first five innings just because the price is there. I also do want to mention before we go away that we mentioned 12 of the 15 games on today's slate and we did not talk about Braves Mets. It's going to happen sometimes. That's the that's the matchup of the day. You know, the, the NL East battle, Braves Mets, Walker against Morton, but we don't see value in it. I don't I, I'm sure if you check the Action Network app later, Sean will have found a reason to bet that game. Maybe he already has, but that is a stay away spot from both of us and, and people here wondering why we're not talking about probably the most exciting matchup of the day. Sometimes the numbers just don't say to bet it, and that's that's why we're not betting it. The money lines look about right to me. If the if the over comes down just a touch, like if I can get an eight and a half minus one oh five, I would consider that because I made the total eight point eight. So Typically look for overs in Truist Park. It's an underrated hitters park, but nothing there for me yet. Just need the prices to come into range. I knew I could count on you to get some unscripted Mets Braves analysis, even though we weren't planning on talking about it. So there you go, folks. We talked about Mets Braves tonight. That will do it for us. Another episode of Payoff Pitch in the books. Good luck with your bets tonight. For Sean Zarillo, I'm Colin Whitchurch. We'll catch you on Friday for another full slate of MLB action. Good luck. Take care. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.